Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show is brought to you by betonline.ag. They'll take care of all of your gambling needs. This NFL offseason, free agency is almost here. If you want to place a bet on any of the off-field action or on-field action for various other sports, betonline.ag is the place to do it. Use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V. You can see that on your screen right now to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers show on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen. Really excited for today's guest. She's the founder and CEO of Fangirl Sports and covers the San Francisco 49ers. Welcome in Tracy Sandler. Tracy, thanks so much for taking the time. I know you were at least in Indianapolis for one day. I'm excited to talk to you about that. Oh, I was there for four days. Okay. Okay. I hope Monday you got to, to see Elmo's while you were there. Not this trip. I have in the past, but I did not on not on this particular trip. Well, Tracy, thank you for your time today. Really excited to talk about a variety of NFL topics, but I want to start out really. Lamar Jackson, the news of where mm-hmm. he winds up gets the non-exclusive tag, so other teams will be able to claim him. The Ravens can match it. If not, they'll be compensated with two first-round draft picks. Where do you think Lamar winds up in 2023? Because really, I think he's like the Jenga piece of what the quarterback carousel will be. Once he's the first domino to fall, we can kind of figure out the rest. Where do you think he winds up in 2023? And that's funny. We saw that last year where there was, it was like one piece fell and then everything, everything came into place. You know, to be perfectly honest, I'd be pretty surprised if he wasn't sold the Ravens. Mm-hmm. I just, I just think that is where he is going to end up. I know they have not been able to come to an agreement and it's certainly taking a lot of time, but at the end of the day, I think he stays in Baltimore, which is not that exciting, which is not what everybody wants to hear. But I do, I just kind of think that he stays in Baltimore. Also, I realized I'm wearing purple and that was not on purpose. But I feel like I was like, per- I was prepared for this discussion, but I just, I kind of, it's so weird. I just can't imagine him somewhere else. And I think ultimately they do figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. If not Baltimore, there are several of the teams that are in needs of quarterbacks. There and are so many, like, many it, teams. It's, it's like a third of the league trace. Yeah. It really is. It's it's incredible for such an important position. So many teams just don't have it, or and aren't even close. It's it's fascinating. Yeah, just the third quarterback to win MVP and then receive the franchise tag. First time in seven years that a quarterback has been given the non-exclusive tag. So I'm curious to see what his open market value is because mm-hmm. we always hear former league MVP, but like let's be honest here, there are five quarterbacks that you can name that are better than Lamar. And we like him. He's very likable. He's done nothing wrong. But when it, when it comes down to the day, like there are five other quarterbacks you'd rather have. I think what this stems back to is you look to last offseason where Kyler Murray gets a big deal. Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson gets a big deal. You've got Lamar Jackson saying, wait a second, I'm doing everything the right way in terms of in this guy gets $250 million guaranteed, whatever that figure is for mm-hmm. Watson. And it's like, is that what Lamar is worth or is that considered an outlier from a season ago? And I think the owners are saying, hey, the Browns stepped out of line here. This isn't what the new norm is. And there's a real power dynamic. How this shakes out, like I've got my popcorn ready because (laughs) as much as I would love to see Lamar out of the AFC North division, 
My beloved Steelers have actually played him okay. Lamar's only got a two and three record against the Steelers, Tracy. So mm -hmm. how all of this unfolds from a pure marketability standpoint, when I look at the kids, I look at jersey sales, who they want to play with in Madden when they're playing mm -hmm. video games, that answer time and time and time again is Lamar Jackson. Well, and, and it, looking just even at this year, if Daniel Jones is doing getting a four-year, $160 million contract, Daniel Jones is no Lamar Jackson. So it will be interesting to see how this all plays out. You're right. I think the Browns did step out of line and for a variety of reasons, that's probably a whole different podcast. Sure. But I think that that does create a problem for the rest of the league. But it's going to be kind of fun. You're right. I, when you said that with the popcorn, I imagine that gif where the guy gets the popcorn and just sits back and is just throwing popcorn. But it, it'll be fascinating to see how this all plays out. But you're right. We see where that falls. And then everything else comes into place. So it'll be a very interesting couple of weeks, at least. I'm sure they'll get this figured out sooner than, rather than later. But I'm still standing by it that he ends up in Baltimore next season. Okay. If not Baltimore, then where, Tracy? I, I'm with you there. I do think he remains in Baltimore. But if not Baltimore, then where? I, God. I know the Falcons said they're not going to pursue him, which I don't understand. Um, but it's the Falcons. So who's to say? Uh you know, I was a little confused yesterday. Did the Raiders say they were not pursuing him? And then they said, well, they're not not pursuing him because I actually think that's one that could be interesting. Indianapolis could use a quarterback. Um, I was going to go back to the Falcons, but we've already established that. Mm -hmm. uh, the Saints have got their guy. So that was an interesting one, by the way, because Derek Carr was also a little bit a part of like, where does, where does he fall? So if the Saints have their guy. I don't know. I honestly, I'm just having a really hard time imagining him being anywhere but Baltimore. I, I really am. Even though I think there are a number of other teams, as we've talked about, a third of the league could really use a quarterback. But I also think, I think he does make sense in Las Vegas. I mean, I think mm -hmm. it, it works. I just think a quarterback of that caliber with that ability. Now I say that that isn't really how Josh McDaniels runs his offense. So uh, Jimmy Garoppolo may make more sense in Las Vegas, but um I don't know. I'm really having a hard time imagining it being anywhere my, but Boston. My half-baked theory has been the Buccaneers. And once Tom Brady oh, announced his retirement, that's always been my half-baked theory. Cause it's like, okay, Tom Brady runs off, uh, retires off into the sunset, mm -hmm. a team that really struggled to run the ball player mm -hmm. like Lamar, you force defenses to play honest and, and honest 11, 11 on 11. I like this theory. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. like this Tampa Bay theory. Also way warmer than Baltimore might be a more enjoyable <laughs> place. For him to but I like this. I like this theory with the Buccaneers. I, okay, fine. I'm going to get on board of your Buccaneer bandwagon. If he doesn't end up in Baltimore, maybe the Buccaneers. Here's the thing too. If I'm Lamar from a pure <laughs> player standpoint, I look at other quarterback matchups. Mm -hmm. Who's the stud quarterback in the NFC? Jalen Hurts. Okay. I'll give you that just in the yep. Super Bowl. High flying Eagles offense. Other than Jalen Hurts, who is the guy who is going to be able to produce at a high level? Like, because, okay, traditionally you say Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Brady don't know retired. where Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers is heading up. Ending up. So, who's the stud quarterback that I have to go head to head against? In the AFC, it is a gauntlet. In the sure. NFC right now, there's a huge void. So, if Lamar is on the move, I'd be more inclined to go to the NFC than I would be, say, another AFC team. Just looking at it from a big picture standpoint. I agree with that. I think that's a really, really good point. And um, the NFC also, 
not even just at the quarterback positions, it's just more wide open than the AFC, just also in terms of success. Uh, you have obviously the Eagles were fantastic last year. I think the last, the best two teams were the Eagles and the 49ers, but in the AFC, when you have, and of course this is goes to your point on the quarterbacks, but when you have the bills and you have the chiefs and you have the Bengals, you really have team after team who's really strong that you're competing against every year. The NFC is a little bit lighter just in terms of, of talent and ability. So that is a very good point. Um, and you're right that he's not going against Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, and all of these guys that are, you know, top quarterbacks. When you talk about there are five quarterbacks in the league, you'd like more than Lamar Jackson. Those three are probably three of them. They're not available, but they are probably three quarterbacks that you would like, you know, more than Lamar Jackson. So that is a very good point. And the Buccaneers also are not, not a bad team. He's from Florida too. Yeah, he is from Florida. Uh, the Buccaneers needs need some work. I mean, they needs they they would need some building. I think that becomes important too. Like, are does he want to go into a team that basically is a quarterback away? Does he not care as much about that? The, these are the things that we just don't know where his priorities lie. The Buccaneers definitely had some struggles. Uh, they played the 49ers, so I got to see it in person. And you know, one of the things people said about Tom Brady: does he go to San Francisco because they? He's not going anywhere. He's done. But if, if, but if, did he go to San Francisco? Because when you look at what they have and you just put Tom Brady in there, you know, maybe they can win the Super Bowl. The Buccaneers would need a quite a bit of work. So I feel like he would also need assurances from the organization that they're going to invest the resources they need to, to get them to a, a winning caliber team. But that is, that is an interesting theory. And the, the NFC theory does make a lot of sense, but I'm still standing by my original statement i think he's in baltimore <laughs> i'm with you i'm with you okay that's actually a perfect segue though more pie in the sky any chance lamar would wind up with the 49ers because they have a potent offense they'd have to move around a lot of parts is is there any chance and i guess the, the bigger question tracy is is who winds up being the week one starter for san francisco come the start of the 2023 season well with the 49ers, everything is very dependent on Friday. And I say Friday because that is the day Brock Purdy has his surgery. Mm. So, and what we just don't know yet, it seems that it's going to be a repair, but they won't know for sure until they get in there. So it could very well be this repair reconstruction hybrid. And it could also be a, a full reconstruction. We just don't know for sure. The optimistic view, everything pointing towards a repair with a six month timeline, my guess would be, let's say that that is the best case scenario and it is a six month timeline. I think they're still probably gonna be without Brock Purdy for a couple of weeks. But if that's the case, their week one starter may be Trey Lance, but their starter is Brock Purdy, if that if that makes sense. And I think the 49ers seem to be, at least the moment, pretty committed to Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. They're going to need to bring in a third guy. They're going to have to bring in a veteran quarterback that they can kind of sell on the idea that you're probably not going to play, but you might play because we went through three quarterbacks last year. So who's to say? Now, I think Lamar Lamar's availability changes things a little bit. I'm sure they're looking into it. I, I think any team like that has to look into it, has to at least have the conversation because – he is such a high caliber quarterback. I think you could say fairly that Lamar Jackson is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Absolutely. So, you know, I think you have to look into it, but everything really, it's so dependent on Friday. 
I really, I think that, I think that's the case. I think it is so de dependent on Friday. If Brock Purdy has a full reconstruction and is out the entire season, then that's a whole different conversation. Cause now what they do at quarterback is not so set in stone, not the set in stone, but it, it's not so obvious. But I, I, like I said, I think you have to have the conversation. I'm sure they are having the conversation. That's not inside info. That's just common sense. <laughs> I think I'm sure they are having the conversation. But ultimately, everything is going to depend on what the results of Friday surgery are. Tracy, what I would love to see in the name I've seen is Baker Mayfield. San Francisco, you're in close enough proximity to L.A. Let's get the progressive commercials back for a new <laughs> season. Let's do it. What say you? You know, it's funny because last season when Baker Mayfield became available, Kyle Shanahan was asked with on our one of our Monday conference calls, uh, is there any chance? And he shut that down as quickly as I've heard him shut down anything in a very nice way. I've always been a fan of Baker, but no. So the issue is, though, with a Baker Mayfield is, again, he's a starting quarterback. I mean, he may not be a great starting quarterback, but he sees that he is a starting quarterback and he sees himself as a starting quarterback. So I don't know how you bring him in there. Again, it all depends on Friday because you, I don't think you, you're not going to be able to sell Baker Mayfield on you're going to come in as a third quarterback. You might end up as the second quarterback, but we're committed to Brock Purdy. You might get to play a couple weeks and, you know, you may start the first couple weeks of the season, but we're committed to Brock Purdy. So that becomes the issue with anybody kind of like a Baker Mayfield. It might be something maybe you could sell to an Andy Dalton. Maybe you could sell to a Jacoby Brissett. But I think it's going to be hard to sell that to break Baker Mayfield unless Purdy's out the entire season and now you're bringing someone in to compete with Trey Lance for the starter. Then it becomes a very different conversation. I think it's very telling that the 49ers didn't pursue Mayfield midseason as soon as Jimmy G went down. And I'll be honest, I'll admit when I'm wrong, Tracy, I thought the 49ers were just done. At a certain point, you need high caliber quarterback play. And mm -hmm. if you don't have one, it greatly hamstrings your ability to win in this league. And yes. I, I really thought, okay, Mayfield would make sense to try to salvage the season. And it turns out Brock Purdy was that guy for the 49ers mm -hmm. prior to his injury. And I I'm totally with you from what I saw from afar. I don't watch 49ers games nearly as closely as you do, but it seemed to me that Brock Purdy had his thing going. He's got a lot of great weapons around him, which help him. Uh, and certainly he's not asked to do everything, but he was put in a uh, position to succeed. And clearly the 49ers saw something in him that wasn't evident where, okay, Trey Lance goes down. Jimmy G goes down. It looks like your season's over. And Brock Purdy might've played better than either of them. He, I don't, well, I would say, I think Jimmy Garoppolo was playing the best football of his career when he went down. Okay. So I don't know that I would say Brock, I think Brock played as, as well as, but I would say Jimmy really was playing the best football of his career in terms of Trey, he got one game in a monsoon and one series mm -hmm. and then his season was over. So it's kind of hard to say. One thing I will say about Brock Purdy is Kyle Shanahan seems to trust him in a way that I have not seen him trust another one of his quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. He has a tremendous amount of trust and faith in what he can do and in, in allowing him to do it. And Brock earned that and Brock Purdy played an extremely high level and he beat good teams. I even look at the Miami game and he came into that game early. I mean, that's the game where Jimmy got hurt. And he came into that game early. And granted, 
they put him in a position to succeed and he does have all those weapons around him. But at that time, Miami was one of the top teams in the league. I mean, the 49ers kind of broke the Dolphins. They fell apart after that game, but they were one of the top teams in the league. That was a good defense that he was playing against and he did have to lead them to win. And the next week, he, you know, he prepares for the Buccaneers, who, as we've said, really were not a very good football team. But he, and then it's just week after week. For me, the, for me, when he really showed that he had it and he could very well be it, was his third start, which was in Seattle on a short week. He was hurt, and in one of the toughest places to play in the league against a division rival to win the NFC West. And he came in and he played great. And I think that, to me showed me a lot. It showed the 49ers a lot. And that, I look at that moment where Brock Purdy won the starting job, should he be healthy in 2023. Divisional opponent in the Seahawks, it's always a little bit different when it's a Mm -hmm. team in your division. Seattle and Kansas City are the two loudest places in the Mm -hmm. NFL. And if you want to look it up, you can look at the decibel caliber that they have (laughs) at both of those stadiums. Loud, loud venues. And it's almost like a raucous college atmosphere at an NFL game. Um, so I'm it's a good totally way to put it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You were in Indianapolis. Yes. Uh, John Lynch was there. Saw the clips on your Instagram feed, Tracy. What was the biggest takeaway that you had from John Lynch's media availability? Well, you know, we talked a lot about Brock. He lo- mm-hmm. talked a lot. He said very nice things about Jimmy Garoppolo. It was very clear. It was clear to us in the season ending press conference with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan that Jimmy Garoppolo's time in the Bay Area had come to an end. Uh, He made it, again, very clear. Uh, And then the local media had the opportunity. We had the opportunity to speak with him separately. And so we talked a lot about free agency and the things that really stuck out there. And I'll do a shameless plug. I talked about them on the Tracy Sandler show, so you guys should totally listen to it. But one of the things that really stood out there is it looks like they're not going to be able to bring back Michael McClinchy. That is a big loss for them on the offensive line. But he's just they're not going to be able to afford him at this point. And that's. That's the tough part of the business. That's the tough part of free agency. So that one, although that was something we kind of suspected, it felt he didn't, you know, he didn't say he wasn't going back, but just said it was probably going to be difficult. And maybe if the market isn't what they think it's going to be for him, they'll be able to bring him back. But that's probably not going to be the case. He had also talked about how they were looking at a lot of kickers that week at the combine, mm. which did say, okay, it sounds like then Robbie Gold awful awesome is not going to be us also i cannot speak today also is not going to be coming back and we saw that of course later that robbie gold said this week he is he is moving on it and i get it this is the hard part i mean robbie gold is automatic i mean you have all the confidence in the world but at the end of the day there's only so much money and you can't bring everybody back and He's going to be able to get, let's say, four or five million dollars a year somewhere else. And the 49ers need that money. So they're looking at kickers and draft. But I thought that was an interesting comment. This is before, you know, it was reported that Robbie Gold is indeed moving on. So I, I thought that was a really interesting one. But it just the thing that stuck out to me is that free agency in the league, you you just can't keep them all. And it's hard. And I know the Twitter GMs feel very strongly about certain players, <laughs> but it's when you actually actually have to put the cap together, it's it's difficult and you can't keep everybody. So I, I think those were the things that kind of stood out from like that availability. And then the other one, you know, he said Jimmy Garoppolo's time in the Bay Area is done. I have the hot take 
that Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo will be on this team until the end of time, that like we will all be <laughs> gone and like Jimmy Garoppolo will still be playing for the 49ers. I don't really think that's going to be the case, but yeah. I just, you know, one never knows. Um, but it, it, it was, I, those were the things that really stood out to me more than anything. And now I'm hoping the 49ers draft my Michigan guy, Jake Moody. Okay. Okay. A lot to unpack there. First of all, I need to update my Twitter account, uh, Twitter GM. I love that. This is also now a Robbie Gold fan show. You're talking to a native of Chicago and the Bears okay. have never gotten rid of him. The only reason he it's had not. any down season in the city of Chicago is because the city, which operates the grass at Soldier Field, couldn't maintain it in a decent mm -hmm. manner. That's why he struggled. Uh, the Bears should have never gotten rid of Robbie Gold. So wherever he winds up, I wish him all the best. Was hoping he could go out a Super Bowl champion. I know. And uh, absolutely love Robbie Gold. But the NFL quarterback carousel is underway. You mentioned a little bit earlier with Jimmy G potential fit with the Raiders. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm with you there. Very curious to see where Jimmy G winds up. Maybe the Jets too, because it's just like, okay, if you strike out on Aaron Rodgers, are you really going to go back to Zach Wilson or Mike White from a year ago? We all know. Right how that's going to play out again in a division where you got to go up against Josh Allen. So good luck to, uh, if to the jets, if they want to try to compete with that, if they don't try to upgrade the quarterback position, but I love the NFL quarterback carousel because it's every off season. It's the coaches uh -huh. and then it's followed by the quarterbacks. We find out that Derek Carr is going to go to the saints again. I think he'll have success because he's going from a very competitive AFC to mm -hmm. what's a desolate wasteland in the NFC. It's a little bit of a hyperbole. Well, but, and especially in the NFC South. Oh, you're adding fuel to my fire, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, where Jimmy G winds up, does Aaron Rodgers actually end up leaving Green Bay? Where, okay, again, look at this big picture if you're Aaron Rodgers. Like, dude, you've got to beat Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields with no one around him, and Jared Goff in your division each, each, each and every week. Do you really want to go to the AFC? Like, is the grass really greener in, in that scenario? Well, I think if he's going to leave, if he's going to leave, I agree with you, I think. But if he's going to leave, uh, by the way, the Lions also could be an interesting destination for Lamar. I'm just going to throw that out there. Lamar Jackson, the Lions also could be an interesting destination. You just about there. broke my brain, Tracy. <laughs> you know, well, you know, you never know. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson everywhere is an interesting destination for Lamar. But mm -hmm. the Lions, but I do think the Lions have a chemistry and kind of a good thing going there. But back to Aaron Rodgers, the thing with the Jets that does make sense, the biggest thing to me is Nathaniel Hackett who was his offensive coordinator in Green Bay, mm -hmm. who he had a lot of success with, who he liked, and he is now the offensive coordinator with the New York Jets. So, but you're right, because now he is competing against Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow in the AFC. And, you know, I don't know that he makes them a Super Bowl contender. I do think he makes them a, a much, much better football team. And he might make them a Super Bowl contender because they have a tremendous defense. They do have a, a lot of weapons there. But you're right. The NFC North is, we saw what the Vikings actually are, which is kind of what we suspected all season long. The Lions, I think, are an up-and-coming football team. I think they're a team that, I had a, a Carmen Vitale on my podcast last week, and she was she covers the NFC North for Fox Sports, and she was talking about even when they were losing, how they were having a good time. And it reminded me of the 49ers when Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch first came in 2017. And that team went 0-9. 
But that team was having fun. And that's because they bought in and they see what the future can be. And there's an excitement around the team. And so I, I just think the Lions are going to be a team that next year could be a lot better. Well, will be a lot better than they are they were this year and might surprise some people. But certainly that NFC North is more attractive than the AFC generally, but maybe not more attractive than the AFC East as it stands right now, though. The Dolphins, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the Dolphins. What are they going to do at quarterback? Do they stick with Tua? There's a lot of, there are a lot of question marks over there. So I don't know. I, but I just think from Aaron Rodgers perspective, if he wants to leave and play still, and that's the other big question, does he want to continue playing football? But if he wants to leave Green Bay and he wants to continue playing football, the Jets do make a lot of sense for him because of Nathaniel Hackett. And I, and I think mm. he would enjoy being reunited with him. There are 50 million reasons why I would continue playing football if I were Aaron Rodgers. Right. That's just me. And a lot of times with the points you made, Tracy, if you're asking the question, a lot of times you already know the answers. So Yes, that's true. I think Tracy, that's a very good point. Is there anything you want to plug? I want to make sure I get you out of here on time. Thank you so much for your time today. Anything you want to plug before we go here? Uh, make sure to subscribe to the Tracy Sandler show. I talk all things 49ers and a lot of Dodgers because I also I cover the 49ers, but I'm a really big Dodgers fan. But make sure to follow me on Instagram at Tracy Sandler. And uh, I think we'll start with that. I don't want to give people too many things. We'll go with those two. <laughs> We will put your social media information in the notes for today's show. Tracy, thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely, Mark. Thanks for having me. For Tracy Sandler, I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks for watching the Believe in Steelers show. We'll see you next time. Until then, take care. So long, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.